My Car Guru, Season 11, Episode 154. Hey folks, welcome to this edition of My Car Guru. I had an interesting experience yesterday I want to share with you. And it's just a kind of an example of the condition that people let their cars get into. So I've been working with this fella to sell him a vehicle, and he's in that new vehicle right now. He does not own it yet. Uh, I have his trade-in, and he has my new vehicle, or the vehicle that I hope that he buys. So I get in his vehicle when we swap and fire it up, and it's a uh, 2007 Land Rover, Range Rover. had to get all that out. Yeah, it's a Range Rover. So probably 2007, that was a $70,000 vehicle. So what's it worth today? Well, I just booked it out. It's got 150,000 miles on it. It's worth, let's see, wholesale about $3,900. Does that surprise you? Yeah. Why would it only be worth $3,900? Well, because it's in bad shape. Um, you know, that's what the book says it's worth. That really doesn't take into account the conditions that it has. But they're driving this thing every day. So the first thing I notice, I, I fire it up. And several warning lights come up on the dash. The first is a tire pressure warning. I don't know if you know what that looks like, but it kind of looks like a cutaway of a tire with an exclamation mark in the middle of it. What's that mean? Well, that means that the tire pressure is below uh, the standard specification for that vehicle. And I'm not concerned about that. That could be one of two things. That could be that the tire pressure sensor itself is bad in the tire, or it could be that the tire pressures are low, and more than likely that's what it is because it's cold. It's very cold. And that's what happens. When it gets cold, tire pressures. There's a lot of people have their lights turning on right now. Um, so that's what it is. So don't panic if you see that. The other lights. Well, the first one was the check engine light. Well, the second one is the check engine light. Now, what could that be? Well, the most obvious case uh, or the most obvious cause for the check engine light is that when somebody puts gas in their car, they fail to get their gas cap on there nice and snug. That'll turn on the check engine light. So what do you do about that? Well, you just, first thing you do is you go back, open the gas door. You might have a button that you have to push to open it. You know how to open your own gas door. And then uh, just check the, tighten it. Go ahead and take the, the gas cap off and then put it back on there. Make sure it clicks a few times. If the light doesn't go off after about 20 minutes or so, then that's not it. So you have a problem with your emission system. It could be everything from a catalytic converter, O2 sensor, MAP sensor, so many different things on the engine. You know, there's so many things that can trigger a check engine light. It's all tied into the uh, onboard diagnostics system through the computer. And uh, a lot of people, what they do is, like I've said on this show, they go to Advanced Auto Parts or O'Reilly's, and they say, hey, can you come scan my codes? So they'll put a little scanner on it. I don't know many places that the scanner will work on a, on a Range Rover. So what's the other light? The other light is the most concerning light to me, and that is the airbag light. So what would that mean, Lenny? Well, sometimes it's the pretensioners on the seatbelts. That's right. Your seatbelt 
basically, when you, when you're in a collision, and the car senses a collision, uh, just before the airbags go off, a millisecond before, the seat belts will tighten up on you. It's called a pretensioner. Part of the airbag safety system, and sometimes those go bad, and that could be that. That's a whole lot less concerning than if it's the airbag itself. Now, one of the first things I would want to know if I was trading for this car is does it have any open recalls? You remember a big recall that happened over airbags several years ago called the Takata airbag? Really, it was a scandal. Well, you know, that's where the Takata airbags would go off and shoot shrapnel into the jugular of people. And it was killing people when the airbags go off. Airbags are supposed to save people. These were not. And so there was a recall. So I want to pull any open recalls on that thing. That's the first thing I want to know. And the second would be, well, what's the defect? Is it one of the sensors? Now, I went outside of the vehicle when I got back to the dealership after driving it, after switching vehicles with him, and I noticed that it had some, I wouldn't call it severe, but some significant front bumper damage. So one of the sensors in the front bumper, the collision sensors, could be bad, which would cause that airbag light to come on. So a number of things. Do you want an airbag light on a car? Are you going to drive around with that? Are you going to feel good about that? You know, one of my fears is that I'm just going down the road and all of a sudden that thing's going to inflate. It's unlikely that that would happen. But first, eliminate the recall. Make sure it doesn't have Takata airbags. Second, just figure out what's going on. Find out. So what's the problem with uh, having a Range Rover and you've got all these lights on? Well, the first problem is if you take this to the average mom and pop shop, they might be able to pull the codes, but very li very likely they won't be able to fix the problems. You're going to have to go to a Range Rover or a Land Rover dealer. And, you know, that's the big issue that I have with folks. I know that if you live in a town that, you know, you've you got a little prosperity going and and you don't want to buy a, a Ford, you know, or a Chevy Malibu or a Blazer or something like that. You want something that's that says, hey, I'm pretty big deal. And so you decide that you want a Mercedes-Benz or a Land Rover. So you drive 100 miles away to the dealer and you buy one of those and you bring it back home. And then several months later, the check engine light comes on and said, oh, my gosh, what do I do? Well, you've got to drive 100 miles again. You know, I just... I understand wanting to buy. Of course, this is the pot calling the kettle black. Here I am, a Ford dealer in Greenville, Tennessee, driving a Porsche. I get it. But that's not an ego thing for me. You know, for me, I just love Porsches, sports cars. I love the way they handle and drive and stuff. So I'm willing to, to make the sacrifice, and maybe they are too. So who am I to judge? But I just think you're a lot better off, you know, buying what's sold in your town. And uh, I think it'll pay off from a service standpoint because cars need service. Okay, so what else did I notice on this vehicle? Well, obviously, the bumper damage and stuff on the outside. But before I even got in the car, I just look at the tires. It's just something I do. I just see stuff. And the tires have uh, age rot. You can see the just where the, the uh, rubber in the tire is separating in the tread and that they're worn down to a dangerous level. That's on the rear. On the front, they're new tires. Now, who does that? Who puts new tires on the front and old tires and leaves the old tires on the back? 
Well, I know if you're budget constrained and if the tires have a little bit of tread on the back, why you would want to do that. But save up a little bit and don't do that, okay? You know, right now there are a lot of tire deals going on. I had a customer need a new set of tires and, and I mean, I got him a quote. There are several different companies that, that made tires the size that he needed. And uh, most of them had rebates that were available. And the actual cost of the he couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe how cheap the tires were to install a full set of tires. That's what you do, folks. You put on four new tires. What if just one blows out? Then you just replace the one as long as they're ad- adequate tread on the other tires. But if you know all the other tires are worn out, you know, worn down to 25 or maybe 75% of the tread's gone and you're putting a brand new tire mixed in with that, uh, I can understand, again, budgetary constraints, but don't do that. If you can afford it, if you can possibly find a way to afford it, charge it on a credit card or something. Put a full set of tires with like tread and then keep them rotated every 5,000 miles. Keep the air pressures up. And you'll get miles of, and get one tire alignment a year. That's what that's something I definitely recommend. Get your tires, get a four wheel alignment one time a year. What's that cost? Eh, seventy to hundred and ten bucks, depending on where you take it. I don't know. Maybe the tire store where you buy your tires will do a free alignment once a year. I don't know. We do free alignment checks at Gateway, and um, so it's just these are different things. But I noticed somebody driving around in a car like that. It's not like this person can't afford, you know, to get their their vehicle upgraded. They just chose not to. And so a lot of people, I mean, he's a he's a cool guy and he understands that what he has, he knows his vehicle isn't worth much. And I'm just using this as an example of things that you can find on a car. I mean, this is an everyday occurrence at Gateway where people come in to trade a car that's uh, got check engine lights and airbag lights on and stuff. And and I think a lot of people just assume, well, it's no big deal. I've been driving around for, you know, a year with those lights on. It hadn't hurt me. Well, but see, the, when we trade for that car and we want to recondition that car and put it back on our lot, if somebody opens the door, turns on the ignition and sees all those lights on, they're not going to want to buy it. Nor is the person who comes to your house when you put a Facebook ad or you advertise it, you know, put it in your front yard with a sign in it. They crank it up and say, why's the airbag light on? Well, I don't know. It's been on for a year. These are things that you need to get addressed as a responsible car owner. Okay, I'm going to take my first break. I'll be back here in just a minute. Have you got your Christmas all ready? All the gifts bought and all that? Wrapped under the tree? Boy, I don't. I haven't even started. When is Christmas anyway? Monday? Oh, yeah, I got plenty of time. Okay, so, you know, I'm trying to think of what I could buy some employees. I always do the same thing. I go to Mahoney's and I buy them knives. I bet they have 30 knives, some of them. There's probably still in the box. They're just waiting. Well, you wonder what Lenny's going to get us this year. Probably a knife. But I tell you what, if you want to buy something for your car lover or for your husband or wife, buy something for their car. I think it's a great idea. You know, if you got a husband, hope you hope you do. Well, maybe I hope you don't. <laughs> you know, if you've got a or if you've got a truck. You may be the one driving a truck in your family and not your husband, so i got to be careful what I say. You know, if you don't have a, a bed liner, 
That would be a cool thing to put in your truck. Or a bed cover. I used a bed cover on my truck when uh, Tara and I travel. We normally drive my truck. I just got a new Nissan Titan, and the first thing I did was went to my parts department, and I said, I need another flip and fold bed cover. That's my favorite one. You know, they make them that, that are fabric, you know, kind of a vinyl. Uh, they make some of them that, like, operate like a, I don't know, like an accordion, like a curtain, you know, that, that pulls out over the, the bed of the truck, and then you can shove it back. Some of them are even electric. I don't like those kind. I just use the, the cheaper flip and fold. It's made out of aluminum, and it comes in sections. Well, it doesn't come in sections. It is in sections that you can, you know, flip up and then fold over until it's all the way up against the, the rear glass, and then you have these prop rods that you can connect to it and hold it up. So that's when you want to haul something. But Tara and I travel, and we put our luggage back there. And, you know, if we buy something, buy a piece of furniture or something like that, I can always flip it up. But it protects it from the elements that has drains built into it. What's that cost? Well, the one I just put in my Nissan truck was about $1,000, and um, you know, plus tax. And I think that's a pretty good investment. I mean, I put them on every truck that I that I get, and I get a new truck about every two years. What else? Oh, I love uh, WeatherTech floor mats. WeatherTech makes a lot of really cool products. I think some of them are a little silly, but uh, who am I to judge? You know, one thing you don't want to give somebody is a hood air deflector. Do not put a hood air deflector on your vehicle because they do more damage than they do good. That was a big thing back over the last 30 years or so. People would put those along the hood, the leading edge of the hood, and they would flop and beat and bang on, on the hood and eventually just wear the paint off of it. You know, uh, you remember when folks used to put a lot of, they called them um, a bra on the front. Not a brawl, but a bra that would supposedly uh, protect their front end from bugs and stuff like that. All it did was beat the paint off of their cars. So that's not a good idea. You don't find those much anymore, and you don't see them much anymore. A gift certificate to have paint protection film put on the front of your vehicle. Now that will protect the front end of your vehicle and all the paint on your hood and your mirrors and uh, your bumper. You know, most bumpers aren't exposed anymore, so you have bumpers that are actually covered with plastic or fiberglass or something like that. So... Uh, all of that is painted and very subject to rocks and chips and stuff like that, so it's best to cover that up. And PPF is a great way to do it. What's that going to cost, Lenny? Well, I just had it done to my Porsche, and the whole front end, hood, fenders, bumper, uh, both mirrors, and the A-pillar up to the top cost about, I think it was $1,500 including tax. A lot of money. You might say it's cheaper than a paint job on the whole front of your car, but yeah, WeatherTech mats are wonderful. Uh, they're they're form fitting. There's a lot of companies like I just got a new Nissan Titan, like I said, and it came with uh, all weather floor mats. So sometimes people will do that. They will buy a new vehicle that has uh, carpeted floor mats in it, which I think are worthless, and they'll uh, go to they'll ask the salespeople, "Could you?" Uh, Maybe let, introduce me to your parts department so I could buy some floor mats. Or better than that, while you're negotiating, say, well, I'll do that if you'll throw in a set of WeatherTech floor mats or a, a set of all-weather mats from the manufacturer. 
Folks, you know, if you ask for those little things like that, you'll get something. They may come back and say, well, we can't throw them in, but we'll sell them to you for our cost. Okay, I'll do that. Like I say, if you don't ask, you don't don't receive. You know, one thing you might just think about doing is ask your husband or, or your wife, is there anything that you need for your truck that you would like for Christmas? You know, maybe they just want to get their windows tinted. That's not very expensive anymore. It used to cost a whole lot more. Just get them tinted to legal tint. I hate that dark tint. You know, if if I see somebody that they pull in front of me or something like that, I want to see who I'm mad at, you know? But I guess that's selfish. I was riding in my daughter's uh, expedition. We went to a wedding last weekend, and uh, we were riding down the road, and it was dark and rainy and stuff, and she had her windows tinted illegally. I hope she doesn't get arrested because of this broadcast. But, yeah, they're too dark, and I'm driving, and I couldn't see. And of course, night vision is a little bit problem. I've got the beginnings of some cataracts, and so my night vision isn't what it used to be. I couldn't see out the side. I said, Abby, this is dangerous. It's dangerous for you, too. She said, I know, but it just looks good from the outside. You know, I just don't get it, but now your loved one might, and that might be something you could give them is tinted windows. It's uh, You're looking at 150 to Maybe three hundred dollars if you do the whole vehicle, but if you just if it's a truck and you just do the, you know, or SUVs usually they're tinted dark enough from the passenger windows back, so you just most people just get the side with the driver and the passenger window and the windshield maybe the top of it tinted, which I don't like that either. But a lot of people do that, and that's a a good thing. Spray in bed liners. Did I mention that spray in bed liners are a great thing? My favorite spray in liner is Linex. I don't own a Linex franchise, but if we sell an F-150 to somebody and they want to spray in liner, we call Linex. And the reason is it just, it looks better when it's sprayed. And I think it's extremely durable. It doesn't fade. Now, if you have a truck that's that the bed is all scratched up in, you say, well, why would I want to do that? To make the truck look better. They can sand all that down and spray that bed liner material in there, and it looks like a brand-new bed. So just because you have a bunch of scratches in the bed of your truck doesn't mean you can't get a brand-new-looking Line-X bed liner. Now, Rhino liner is one of them. They're a little thicker, and I just don't care for the texture of them, but that's a a personal opinion. The closest Line-X place, I don't know if there's one in the Tri-Cities, but there is one in Morristown that we use all the time. So just an idea for your truck lovers. Okay, I'll take my last break, and I'll be back here in just a minute. I've been watching too many YouTube videos. I'm starting to get paranoid. I watched this one called uh, Best Fails of the Year. Those when when uh, people do silly things. Uh, Idiots in Cars is another one. If you want to see some of the craziest things that can happen on the road, if you're, as long as you can handle it, uh, that might be something you want to see. There's so many things that can happen that you cannot be prepared for. That's what has been the most shocking thing to me. Let me ask you something. Somebody jumps over into your lane. They're coming straight at you, head on. Which way do you turn the wheel? I mean, the most natural thing, and you would hope that the other person, if they were conscious, you know, would be to turn to the right. That's what we do. Now, if you're in Britain, you probably turn to the left. You're trying to get away from them. But I've been in situations where a car was coming right at me, and they ended up 
turning to the right or to their left. And so, you know, what you have to do is pay attention to what they're doing. Um, I've seen examples in this idiots in cars where a lot of people, they just take their hands off the steering wheel. Jesus take the wheel, I guess. I don't know. But you have to be prepared. You have to be a defensive driver. But a lot of this stuff just happens and you have no control of it. over it. All the more reason to make sure that your airbags are functional, that you got a good set of tires on your car with adequate tread depth so your car is going to maneuver. You know, you got right air pressure in there so that when you turn the steering wheel, it responds. And when you hit your brakes, your, you know, your analog brakes are going to function the way they're supposed to. You know, there's so many different things that everybody in the car has their seat belts on, that those child seats that are in the back seat are fastened in there properly. You know, we go through life and we, we don't have any issues and we think, well, it doesn't really matter. You know, I was driving down the road not too long ago and saw two little kids that were definitely young enough to be in car seats. There were no car seats in the back of the car, and they were looking at me at a red light. I'm sitting there just saying, you got to be kidding me. You know, they look like maybe they were three years old and just having the best time, you know, and the parents up there just smoking away. So there is no cure for stupid. I hate to say that on the air. But uh, oftentimes, those are, the, those are the people that, you know, you end up having to decide whether to turn right or to turn left or to avoid because of their carelessness. Hopefully, that doesn't happen to anybody you love this holiday season. Well, thank you for listening to this edition of My Car Guru, and I will see you again tomorrow.